0: Are you having issues with fatigue, the keto flu, or muscle cramping on your ketogenic diet? Then allow me to introduce you to Keto Vitals. They will solve all of these issues. Keto Vitals is a high-dose electrolyte in a pill specifically created for the unique needs of the ketogenic lifestyle. They use only the best ingredients. In fact, their form of magnesium was shown in a double-blind trial to improve insulin sensitivity. Keto Vitals is 100% guaranteed. If it doesn't work, they will refund your money. Head on over to KetoVitals.com or you can go on Amazon and get free two-day shipping for Amazon prime members use the coupon code keto 1515 both on amazon and at keto vitals.com to get 15% off of your order keto vitals if you love great olive oil do i have a deal for you as one of my listeners you're entitled to receive for one dollar listen to this for just one dollar a 39 dollar bottle of one of the world's finest artisanal olive oils And what makes this oil really special? It was just fresh-pressed at the new harvest, so it's bursting with more harvest-fresh flavor than any olive oil you've ever tasted. It's yours for just one buck to help cover shipping as your introduction to the Fresh-Pressed Olive Oil Club. And there's no obligation to buy anything now or ever. But what exactly is fresh-pressed olive oil? And why is it so much more flavorful than store-bought olive oil? The problem with store-bought olive oils is that they can sit on store shelves for months, even years, growing stale or even rancid. The olive, after all, is a fruit. And olive oil is similar to a fruit juice in that it's much more flavorful when fresh-pressed. And that's what's unique about oils from my friends at the Fresh Pressed Olive Oil Club. They rush their oils direct to your door by plane and special delivery truck straight from the latest harvest. This means that you, your family, and lucky guests can enjoy top-of-the-line artisanal olive oils at their peak of harvest-fresh flavor and nutritional value. This is great news for us low-carb lovers because pure fresh-pressed olive oil has zero carbs – zero carbs it adds whole layers of amazing flavor to your favorite low-carb dishes your roasted vegetables healthy salads grilled meats delicate fish toasted nuts oh yeah i can tell you from personal experience once you try this fresh pressed olive oil you'll never go back to store-bought again try it yourself and see for your 39 bottle for a buck go to jimmyoliveoil.com that's jimmyoliveoil.com one more time jimmyoliveoil.com
1: Ah uh, living la vida low car this show is changing lives we talking about your diet trying to get you feeling bright hey. cut up the avocados cross some Time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low
0: Carb Show. Hey, the Living Carb Show.com. Woo! Hey, hey guys, we're back here on episode fourteen eighteen of the Live and Levita Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore, and today I am doing something a little bit different. And it was born out of a study that came out last week, and I got so many of you who emailed me this link to this Lancet study that came out that proclaimed that eating a low-carb, ketogenic diet will actually make you die sooner. And of course, these kind of studies come out pretty often, and whenever they do, it gets everybody in a tizzy. And so I decided on social media late last week when this was breaking to do a rant, and I did a 45-minute rant on Instagram Live that I want to share with you here today because it's so important to know how to respond to these kinds of things. Maybe you've already had friends and family and coworkers that say, hey, what about this study I heard about that said you're going to die from that keto thing? And so I wanted to set the record straight. Now, when I did the rant, I didn't know who was the funder of the study. I have since learned it is the NIH, which is the government, and probably because Walter Willett from Harvard was involved in the study that this funding got done. But the overall context of this, you guys, is keto is strong in the culture, and that is scaring the bejeebies out of a lot of people behind the scenes. And so they're doing this as a preemptive strike to try to discredit keto when it really did no such thing as you'll hear in my rant. So without further delay, let's get to my rant all about this brand new study that came out in The Lancet saying that low-carb ketogenic diets will kill you. (laughs) What's up, what's up, you guys? Welcome back to another Instagram Live, and we're simulcasting on the Keto for Real Life People Facebook page. And as promised, you guys, I am about to go on a rant. Those of you that follow my work, you know that I am no fan of bad science. And unfortunately, there's a whole lot of bad science that's put out there. So when bad science is put out there, people read headlines and they wonder whether or not their low-carb diet is good. And so especially when the headlines uh, put a lot of focus on things like cancer or heart disease or even death, like the one I'm gonna share with you here today. So thank you for joining us, Instagram Live. Thank you for joining us, Keto for Real Life People Facebook page. Um, I wanted to talk about this because about every six months for probably since about 2008, 2007, 2008, about every six months, we get some kind of a study that makes the claim that low-carb is bad for some reason or another. So for a while there, we saw red meat gives you cancer um, and, and all these kinds of things, and now... With keto really coming into its own in the culture, they're kind of ramping up things. And so a lot of the studies that are coming out are talking about, oh, there's a fear of death, as if we're not all already dying of something. But uh, a fear of, I guess, early death that comes if you are in a low-carb state. And so the latest one is the study right here that was published in the journal Lancet and the name of the study, Dietary Carbohydrate Intake and Mortality, a Prospective Cohort Study and Meta-Analysis. So let me give you a little bit of a primer about studies because to the lay public, a lot of you guys, and I didn't know this either, but a lot of you guys, when you read a study, you just assume, oh, well it's been like vetted out and scientists have looked it over and said it's legit uh, science. But the problem is no, that's not how it works. Most of the studies that come out tend to be mouse studies or other animal-based studies. So we're not mice, we're not monkeys, uh, we're not rats, we're not all of these different things that these researchers use if they're actually working with an animal-based model. Now that's the most rudimentary way to try to build a hypothesis. So you do a study on animals and then you try to extrapolate well. If it happened to the animal, it must happen to humans, so now let's test it in humans. So that's one kind of study, very bad study. Um, The second kind of study is the one we have here today. So this one in the Lancet is what's called an epidemiological study, an observational study. So what they did was they took a whole bunch of other research papers which is a mix of all the different kinds of research that's out there. And then they, they combine them all together and they say, okay, what information can we extrapolate out of all of those studies to now make some new claim in a study, okay? So that epidemiological research also is not very valid when it comes to science. And so whenever you see a headline that says something dastardly, the first thing that I always go to is to see what kind of study that it is. And if it's an animal based study, uh, like I said, usually it's a mouse study or if it's an epidemiological and observational type of study, you really can't extrapolate that it means anything because they didn't test anything on any one group or groups of people. Here's the kind of study that you need to pay attention to. So it's called a randomized control clinical trial. Sometimes they'll throw in double blind placebo. So what that means is they randomize two groups, at least two groups that are doing two different modalities. One is the modality you're trying to test for. And the other one is kind of a control group. So in the diet world, they may have three different groups. So they have like a low carb group, they'll have a low fat group, and then they'll have a control where they just let them eat whatever they want. And then of course they define what low carb and low fat means, and then they eat what you want. You know That's just the control. So that is a good study. The problem with the randomized control clinical trials and why we don't see more of them is they're incredibly expensive because you have to usually in a diet study lock people up in a metabolic ward, and people don't like being locked up for a period of time, and generally the period of time to get any measurable results is at least a year, if not two to three years. So who's gonna agree to get locked up for a year to two to three years? You'd have to pay me a lot of money. So usually those kind of studies, uh, year-long type of study of a randomized controlled clinical trial, even with a minimal number of people involved, say 30 people, is very expensive in the hundreds of thousands, if not over a million dollars. So with that in mind, let's back up to this one here today. So if you're just joining us, again, Instagram Live right here, the Keto for Real Life People Facebook page, I thought I'd surprise you guys and come on here live um, to talk about this new study that's published in The Lancet because a lot of you guys probably got the CNN article that talked all about, well, if you eat Uh, low carb or high carb you're going to die and that's pretty much the way they outlined it and we're going to get into that here in a minute but part of the issue that comes into play when you start looking at this kind of a study and it's very impressive from the start so you look at it and you see that the number of people involved the team studied more than 15,000 people between the ages of 45 and 64 no they didn't They didn't study 15,000 people. What they studied was about six studies that included cumulatively 15,000 people. They didn't see one single person in this study. So don't let the way this reads skew you into thinking they actually vetted out 15,000 people. No, they did not. And so then here's here's where the bad part of all this comes into play. Because once you allow bad science, either from an animal-based model or from an epidemiological study from before, once you allow bad science to be published, this is the kind of research that you get in return. And so you have people answering questionnaires about what they ate over the last 10 to 20 years. Do you remember what you ate last week? Maybe, last month? Not likely and definitely not last year. So how are we expecting this to be valid research if people can't even remember what they ate this week, much less what they ate 10 years ago, 15 years ago, five years ago, even five months ago. So that's a major flaw in a lot of the data that was included in here. So they did questionnaires, uh, they outlined the types of foods and drink that they consumed, how big the portion sizes were, and how often they ate. Now, you guys have done your own kind of games with yourself, right? Whenever you've gone on a diet and you've pretended like, well, I've, I've cut, and so this amount, and so you think in your, in your head that you had a certain amount of food, but then you always write a little bit less if you're having to chronicle it, right? And so what's to say the information in here uh, is wrong? It's very likely that it's wrong. And what's interesting is they looked at what happened to the people involved in the study um, for 25 years uh, with the study. And they found that of the 15,000 people that were between 45 and 64, 6,283 of them died. Okay? so. What they are trying to do is create what's called an association. So an association is because this happened and this happened at the same time, thus this caused this. That's called an association. The problem is uh, you can't do that. I could say that there's an association with the number of albums Justin Bieber has sold Uh, with the rates of heart disease. So are we saying Justin Bieber albums caused heart disease? No, that would be silly, right? And yet, if the statistical line looks similar, that's what they're going to do. They're going to extrapolate that one was associated, caused the other. Associated and caused are two very different things. But to the lay public, when you say associated they think cost. And so that's a huge issue with this. How would you like to test your blood ketones for just $1 per strip? Join the Keto Clarity Club at bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing, and join the club to get one dollar strips when purchased in vials of fifty. You get to choose how often that they will ship to you, and you'll still get that one dollar price per strip. And while you're at BestKetoneTest.com, make sure you get the meter. And we also have glucose strips sold in vials of fifty, and you'll get five dollars off with the coupon code Jimmy. There's also the Ketonian Special Kit which allows you to get the meter, lancet, as well as a starter pack of blood ketone test strips. Again, it's bestketonetest.com for the Keto Mojo blood ketone and blood glucose testing. bestketonetest.com Have you been interested in trying the new cutting-edge technology of exogenous ketones but didn't know where to get started? Let me introduce you to Perfect Keto. Visit perfectketo.com slash Jimmy and use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto was created by a functional medicine clinician who developed this unique formula for maximum efficacy. It's great tasting and the most affordable exogenous ketone supplement you can find that raises blood ketone levels up to 1.5 millimolar to help increase mental focus boost your energy and commence fat burning it does not contain any soy dairy gluten artificial sweeteners binding agents or anything that doesn't directly improve your health the synergistic power of a low-carb moderate protein high fat ketogenic diet with Perfect Keto exogenous ketones will have your body running optimally. Perfect Keto is available in delicious chocolate sea salt and peaches and cream flavors. Each serving comes with 11.38 grams of high-quality beta-hydroxybutyrate for maximum ketone boosting while adding in magnesium, potassium, cocoa, stevia, and vitamin C for extra micronutrition. Again, try Perfect Keto for yourself at perfectketo.com jimmy, and be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout to get 15% off your order. Perfect Keto. There are so many things wrong with this particular study. Number one, what they consider low carb is anything 40% of your calories or less. So you take a 2,000 calorie meal plan, right? 40% of a 2,000 calorie meal plan is what? It's 800 calories. And then you divide that by four. That's 200 calories grams of carbohydrate nobody in keto low carb is eating 200 grams of carbohydrate but then they give the carb- uh, they give the uh, caveat less than that 200 grams so they think if you go below 200 grams of carbohydrate you're putting yourself at great risk of death or if you went over 70 percent of your energy from carbohydrates so at least they acknowledge there is a problem with a very high carb diet but they're also saying there's a problem with a moderate to lowish carb diet how should you eat the lowest risk this is them saying here according to the study the lowest risk of an early death was seen in the epidemiological study where the carbs made up 50 to 55% of a person's diet. So they think you should be eating a 1,000 to 1,100 calories worth of carbs in order to be balanced. And don't get me started on that word. And so if you uh, divide that by four, that's about 250 to 280 grams of carbohydrate a day. Now, somebody tell me something. Isn't that what we're doing with the standard American diet? In the standard American diet, right at 300 grams of carbs a day. And of course, the argument will be made. Well, we're not telling people to eat refined carbohydrates. We're telling them to have things like healthy whole grains and starchy vegetables and other sources of carbohydrate. We're not telling them to eat Twinkies and Ding Dongs and Ho Ho's. We're telling them to have vegetables and whole grains and beans and lentils and all this other stuff. What they're neglecting though, is those latter foods that I just described, which are considered the healthy foods, quinoa, this kind of stuff. They're considered the healthy foods, but once your metabolism has been damaged from all that crap food, which most people have exposed their bodies to, all bets are off. All of those carbs cause issues. And so you can eat those 50 to 55% of your diet from all those so-called healthy carbs and you're going to be in trouble. And you're going to lead to greater death despite what they say here. They talk about people on low-carb diets replacing carbs with protein and fat, which is true, uh, mostly from animals. And they said that these are the people that had a greater risk of mortality than those who had protein and fat from, from plant sources such as vegetables, legumes, and nuts. So we've seen this again and again, you guys too. A few years back, there was a study that came out about this thing called an echo Atkins diet. And So uh, some researchers were trying to improve the Atkins diet. Well, we know all that meat's bad for you. Therefore, we need to replace the meat with more plant-based and you can do a low-carb Atkins-style diet that's mostly plant-based. Um, To make it better So that was called Echo Atkins And so this is the movement That's been a thrust for many years A lot of the researchers Are being heavily influenced Behind the scenes by the Vegan propaganda, the plant based Propaganda, that's not to say You can't have plant based In your ketogenic diet uh, my, my friend and co-host of Keto Talk, uh, Dr. Will Cole, has a new book coming out called Ketotarian, which shows you how you can make a plant-based keto diet work, mostly plant-based. Eventually, you do need some uh, meat in there, or at least eggs uh, a little bit to make it optimal. But that's the kind of thinking that's put out there, and people just soak it up. Well, we know meat's bad because of all the negative Uh, epidemiological mouse studies that have been out there that says it's bad, not because it's really bad, but because that's what they've been told. And so they're now pushing. Well, that's the problem. So we need to cut back on that. I want to read to you guys a few of the quotes from this article. Again, it's on CNN. If you want to look it up, Uh, I did post it on my Instagram page. um, uh, The name of the uh, of the actual study, if you want to look it up, dietary carbohydrate intake and mortality a prospective cohort study and meta-analysis so some of the quotes in the article um including the lead researchers uh her name is dr sarah seidelman we need to look really carefully at what uh what the healthy compounds are in diets that provide the greatest protection and i agree with her i think we do need to look at those things She warned, though, about the widespread popularity of low-carb ketogenic diets being used as a weight loss technique with people giving up foods like bread, pasta, and potatoes. Uh, Previous studies have shown that such diets can be beneficial for short-term weight loss and lower heart risk. Let's stop there. So a lot of the studies on low-carb ketogenic diets are kind of the shorter term, like I talked about earlier. To do really quality research long term, one year or more, uh, is what long term would be defined as, is extremely expensive, extremely impractical. You're not going to get a working person to give up a year of their life or more to be a part of this study. And even if you got a good chunk of people to do that, say two, three hundred people would be a good representative sample for a randomized control clinical trial. It's at least a hundred million dollars to do a study like that. And then here's the thing, if there's no drug on the other end of that research to help pay back some of those costs, who's going to pay for that other than someone out of the gloriousness of their heart? I I wish I could sell a billion copies of my books because I would fund that kind of a research um, study because we need it, we need those kinds of studies. Unfortunately, in the real, real world of nutritional science, That study's probably never going to happen. And so we're stuck in this every six months, getting crap science and everybody in the keto community going crazy, and I'm going, okay, all of this belly aching over what? Seriously, think about it. What are we belly aching over? You know what works for you. You're doing it. You're applying those principles. You're getting the benefits that you're getting from your ketogenic lifestyle. Why are you upset about what some mamby-pamby researcher who has an agenda to push propaganda on people, why aren't we getting upset about that? At the end of the day, you know what works for you. But these guys also know that so many of you guys are seeing benefit because some of the comments that are made is pretty eye-opening and one of the uh one of the people that they interviewed in this article is a dietitian. she's with the uk's national health service so they're kind of the food and drug administration uh of the uk she was not involved in the study but here's what she said about this research again epidemiological study bad findings based on questionnaire trying to recall 10 to 20 years ago what you ate and then extrapolating information out of that. She said that these findings are going to disappoint those who from professional experience will continue to defend their low-carb cult. That's what she put, cult. So you're in a cult, you're in a cult. I apparently am in a cult. I'm probably one of the cult leaders in their mind. They can't handle that people are seeing great positive results on something that is diametrically opposed to what they've been teaching for so long. And so if people are seeing results and and then they're going to the doctors and the doctors are saying, oh my gosh, what have you done? Oh, I'm doing this keto thing. Well, I, I thought that was bad. Well, it's not bad for me. Keep monitoring me. They see the handwriting on the wall, you guys. They know that if, if they don't like rise up against it and fight against it, it's going to continue to swell. So this is their way of saying, we want to slow your roll, keto community, because we're seeing too much too fast with this popularity of keto. And so you have to continue to live by example. You have to continue to show doctors, show friends, show families, show the people you work with that this works because you're gonna get this kind of headline and I'm sure a bunch of them are gonna to come to you and go, well, what about this? And it's not an easy thing to say, well, it's an epidemiological study, it's not really valid. And people will say, well, you'll say that about anything that's anti-low-carb. No, if if there is a true randomized controlled clinical trial that shows low-carb diets, ketogenic diets are somehow harmful to my health in any way, I challenge anybody to show me that research. To date, there's not been one single study, randomized control clinical trial, that's ever shown low carb doesn't beat the crap out of low fat. We've had about 23 studies where low uh, carb and low fat have been pitted against each other. Some of those low carb diets, I didn't think went low enough, but they define it as anything 30% or less. And this study, it was 40% or less. And and the low fat tends to be 30% or less of fat. I wanna see a true study that measures a ketogenic level of carbohydrate, 20 grams. So let's go 20 total grams. And I wanna see a genuine low fat diet that takes a look at doing no more than 10% of your calories coming from dietary fat. And let's compare those two, then we're going somewhere. So even in the ones that didn't go to that extreme of each one, we're still seeing results that the low-carb diet was better. Now, they're all in a hissy fit because it's about the meat, it's about the saturated fat, and those things aren't going anywhere until the general public realizes all that was a mirage. All that negativity about saturated fat and about red meat, it's a mirage. Sadly, a lot of people still buy into it. A lot of that comes, again, from behind the scenes. The vegans are a very powerful force vocally, As far as the population doing veganism, it's probably about 3%. Now, I think you can do a decent vegan keto diet. People like Kerry Dioulis have shown you can do that. Um, Dr. Will Cole is showing in his book how you can do it pretty well. But to simply make these statements and to publish this kind of research all on the predication of, well, if you eat meat and if you eat saturated fat, it's gonna shorten your life. That's just, that's just hogwash. It's not true even in the slightest. So that uh, same uh, dietitian said about the low carb cult, uh, and that it contributes to the overwhelming body of evidence that supports a more balanced approach to caloric intake recommended globally by public health bodies. So they like to use this word balanced. Everybody should just eat a balanced diet, uh, or eat in moderation. And so I always challenge people who talk about balanced. Uh, or they even say that a low-carb ketogenic diet is unbalanced because you cut out a whole food category, which you don't, But unless you're carnivore. But here's the thing. We have to stop looking at food as calories, and we even have to stop looking at food as the various macronutrients. Now, that's not to say that the macronutrients don't matter, but when you stop looking at food as calories, and stop looking at food as macronutrients and start looking at food as, hmm, gee, I don't know, food, then and only then can you really embrace that you're eating foods that that nourish you. You're eating foods that aren't making you sicker, but are healing. And so what do you gravitate to? You gravitate to those foods that tend to be lower in their insulogenic effects on your body, that tend to be higher in the uh, micronutrition that you need Um, and all the other things that come with healthy food. And of course, if you're eating a low fat intake, your body's going to tell you, you need a little more fat. And so you eat more fat. And again, the fat's just food. It's not calories. It's not macronutrients. It's food that nourishes your body so we get into that mentality this kind of research doesn't really matter anymore right so they go on to talk about uh finding an optimal range associated with lower risk of early death they calculated how many extra years eating this 50 to 55 percent uh carbohydrate diet could provide at certain ages so they say that if you start eating at the age of 50 50 to 55% of your calories coming from carbohydrates, which again, remember, pushing almost 300 grams a day, that your average life expectancy would be an extra 33 years for people that did that. No, no, because that number has no context. That number, again, does not take into account that there's people that have messed up their metabolism. There's people that have eaten a lot of crappy garbage and if you get to the age of 50 and you're just starting at that point to pay attention to your health, you really have issues going on. Very likely insulin resistance, very likely already started to develop heart disease, already started to develop type two diabetes, which by the way, all of these diseases I'm talking about, even cancer, all of them are along the same pathway. All of them are a disease of insulin resistance. And so heart disease, diabetes, type two diabetes, uh, cancer, Alzheimer's, all of these are a sign of the insulin resistance that's going on in your body. If you start adding in this 50 to 55% of your calories coming from carbohydrate, even if it's the cleanest of the clean, starchiest of the starch, white potato white rice uh legumes grains all of this stuff that they say is benign in your health because it makes you live longer and you're already insulin resistant i'm sorry that's gonna still have an effect on your body and if you don't believe me if you're watching this right now or listening to this and you're thinking okay Why does Jimmy Moore make that proclamation so boldly? I've seen it in myself and you can see it in yourself as well. Prick your finger, test your blood sugar after you eat one of these so-called healthy foods. The legumes, the, the grains, the starches, test your blood. The blood don't lie. So let's say you start off at 90 on your blood sugar and you have that healthy whole grain bread or that healthy whole grain pasta or that white potato or that white rice, and an hour later, your blood sugar is 175. And two hours later, your blood sugar is 195. And three hours later, it hasn't even gotten close back to baseline of 90 yet. You're at 155. That ain't a good response, you guys. And so they're not even talking about that kind of thing. And to me, an elevation in your blood sugar means that there's something dysfunctional about the way your body is responding to the carbohydrates. And what is that dysfunction? It's insulin resistance. It's people that have so messed up their response to natural carbs that even the so-called good carbs still cause problems. That's why this research is invalid. That's why it's balderdash that you're gonna add an extra 33 years to your life at the age of 50, if you start eating a 50 to 55% diet, and here's the little thing too, as you get older, maybe younger, you could have handled a little more carbohydrates in in their natural form, but as you get older, almost everybody over the age of 40, almost everybody should be eating a low-carb ketogenic diet. Almost everybody, because at that point in your life, whatever damage has been done has been done you're gonna have ramifications that will quickly manifest themselves in the coming years if you don't do something about it. Keto is the answer at that time, not a moderate carb diet. Moderate carbs gonna give you speeding up of your death, and yet they're not telling people that in here. They say the low carb diet gives you 29 years, and one year longer than those on a high carb diet, which gives you 32 years. So the low carb diet's gonna kill you quicker, they say you're gonna be dead by 79. At the at that, that's the longest you'll ever live on a low carb diet. I'll take that, by the way, because I have a history in my family of they're all dying early. So in the early 50s, uh, my grandma lived to her early 80s. Did have a great grandma that lived to 98, but all the males in my family died early. So I'll take 79. But they're saying 83 with this moderate carb diet. And they're saying 82 with a high carb diet, meaning over 70% of your calories coming from carbs. They are carb lovers in this study, carb lovers and a half. So what they did, they combined uh, studies that were on carbohydrate intake of seven studies. And they looked in populations in North America, Europe, and Asia. And again, they keep repeating all through this article that if you simply replace a lot of the animal-based foods with plant-based foods, you'll live longer. I just don't buy that. To me, living longer is a result of lower oxidative stress. It's a result of lower insulin levels. It's a result of lower cortisol levels, which is the stress hormone. It's a result of lower inflammation levels, And really inflammation is the key in all this because if you don't have inflammation, you can't have chronic disease. Now you can go out there and get hit by a car and yeah, you die. Not talking about that, but from a chronic disease standpoint, you're gonna live a long time if you have a low inflammation level. So you can test for inflammation in the blood very easily. Any doctor can run these or you can run them yourself through one of the online blood places, but HSCRP is a nice uh, a nice test to run, high sensitivity C-reactive protein. You can also run an IGF-1, which is the test that I ran on my uh, most recent uh, experiment that I'm doing with the stack tax. Uh, you can also run homocysteine. There's all kinds of ways to test for inflammation. And of course, testing for insulin is easy and seeing where you stand. And if all of those things are in order, why would a low-carb diet, why would a ketogenic diet, why would even like a carnivore diet be harmful to your life expectancy? If anything, all of those things will extend your life. And isn't that what we're looking for? We're looking to uh, improve the telomeres. We're, we're looking to... Uh, you know, make the mTOR pathway work better as well. All of these things that we talk about within this community, those are the things that are making us healthier. We don't need a study that's pulled out of someone's rear end to tell us whether our low-carb ketogenic diet is making us healthier or making us more sick. And you know how you feel. Most of you watching this right now, you feel pretty darn good. You've gone through some transformational moment in your life that this is now real for you it's become your life you're now living this way you couldn't think of any other way to live because it's changed your life so profoundly either by helping you lose some weight or curing some disease or putting your body in a better sense than it was before you have more energy you're not hungry all of the things all of the reasons why we go keto All the reasons why we have a Keto for Real Life People Facebook group or why you guys hang out with me here on Instagram. Life has changed for you. So are we going to let a study tell us that that's all gone now? Is that not silly? Is that not the stupidest thing you've ever heard in your life? So when I see these kinds of studies, and you can definitely download the whole study on Lancet. I did just for the purposes of here today. Uh, which, by the way, one of the study authors on this is one of the Harvard researchers uh, that often writes about nutrition uh, from Harvard Medical School. Dr. Walt- Walter Willett is his name. And he's frustrated because for a while there, he wanted to uh, to kind of de-vilify saturated fat. And for a while there, he actually came out with a few papers with one of his uh, fellow researchers, Dr. Frank Hugh, and the two of them was, oh, you know, we got it kind of wrong about saturated fat. Maybe we we should have slowed our roll. This was after Gary Taubes released his book, Good Calories, Bad Calories. I think they were a little bit influenced by that. But now they've reversed back. Now they're talking about how fat's bad again. And I'm going, okay, when they look back in the history of this dark period in our history, and they I say the dark period, the low fat days, History is going to laugh at how long we embrace this low-fat nonsense. They're going to look in the 1950s and see what Ansel Keys did and see that one man, one man did a study that was bogus then. It, again, was one of those kind of observational studies. And he was observing, Ansel Keys was, what was happening in these countries as it related to their intake of saturated fat, and what it did to their cholesterol levels, and then the level of heart disease that they had. And he cherry picked specifically the ones that he wanted to support his hypothesis. And so when that got published, then what happened? Bad science followed bad science. And then it started having the echo chamber, and then the American Heart Association says, oh, that sounds like a good idea. American Diabetes Association, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, everybody knows that's, that's happening. Then the McGovern Commission, and then they, start lobbying that we need to have the dietary guidelines changed to lower people's fat intake. So they do that and they released the first dietary guidelines in 1980 that says eat 11 to 15 servings of healthy whole grains as the base of the pyramid. So they do this food pyramid in the 1980s, my mom bought into a hook, line and sinker, low fat this, low fat that, and people went crazy over the low fat mania. Did we get healthier? Did we get thinner? Did we lower heart disease? Did we lower chronic disease? Did we lower death as a result? No. If anything, we made matters worse. When you look at it in the context of how we got here today, it makes research like this so petty. Research like this is just nothing more than holding on to the last vestiges of what's left of the low-fat lie. And let's just call it that. It's the low-fat lie. In fact, I think in our verbiage, whenever we talk about the low-fat diet, you should just say the low-fat lie because that's what it is. And if we've been lied to and people aren't all woke up to it yet that we've been lied to, then it's our job to tell them about it. It's our job to teach it to them. And thankfully, there's a lot of books out there that share this story about Ansel Keys, that share about how we got it all wrong, and why fat was vilified unfairly, and why you should add in more, and, and then what the ramifications of having more dietary carbohydrate are in the diet. All of this is out there in the zeitgeist if you look a little bit online, but not everybody's getting it. This is why I remain so impassioned. This is why I want to come on here and rant today, you guys, because we need to stop putting up with this kind of crap. And we need to start being the leaders. We need to be the people that lead the charge and say enough is enough. We're not gonna put up with this kind of crap anymore because it's not doing people any good. What is doing people good is seeing a life that's been changed, is knowing that they can come off of diabetes medications, is knowing that they no longer have to worry about heart disease and they don't have to worry about chronic diseases because their inflammation levels are low enough, their insulin levels are low enough, they're healthy perhaps for the first time in their life. That's the thing that gets me jazzed about what I do in my work and writing books and doing podcasts and coming on the video like I am here today. These are the things that make me get up in the morning because I know that what I talk about is changing real people's lives. And as keto for real life people, that's what you guys are all about. You guys are talking real life all the time. And here, you guys know I'm very blunt on my Instagram page. I just share from the heart. And today was one of those moments that I felt like I had to do this because there's just too much at stake. What I see here with these quotes, I'm gonna have another quote from the program leader of the Nutritional uh, Epidemiology Program at Cambridge. Her name is Nita for rohi and she says current guidelines have been criticized by those who favor low carb diets you bet they are largely based on short-term studies for weight loss or metabolic control and diabetes but it is vital to consider long-term effects and to examine mortality as this study did a really important message from the study is that it is not enough to focus on the nutrients but whether they're derived from animal or plant sources. And when carb intake is reduced in the diet, there are benefits when this is now replaced with a plant origin fat and protein, but not when replaced with animal origin sources such as meats, many low carb regimes. Do not make this distinction, but it's important. No, I don't buy it. I don't buy that we all have to be vegan. I don't buy that we all have to be a bunch of friggin' rabbits eating cabbage all day with a little bit of olive oil on it. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. My own experience doesn't tell me that's true. The experience of so many of you guys doesn't tell me that's true. Quite frankly, I'm sick and tired of having the vegan message rammed down my throat. And again, nothing against people that choose to eat that way. If you eat that way, please eat lots of healthy fats. But I don't think it's required that you eat no meat in order to be healthy and that's what that study was all about it was all an anti-meat rant which again i've been in this biz for a very long time you guys i have observed this very thing happening for well over a decade about every six months we get a bombshell of a study study in quotation marks that supposedly puts low-carb ketogenic diets in a bad light Stop buying it. Expect this to happen. Know that this is a great sign, by the way, the fact that they're so vitriolic in their commentary about this study. This is a huge win for the keto message because they see that it's grown. They see that so many of you are out there sharing, which is why I tell people often, get on your soapbox, you hear on Instagram, you hear on Facebook, you guys gotta get out there, put your message out there. And you need to share, share, share. Now you guys know I like to talk, so this was very easy for me to talk um, and do this here today with you guys. But maybe you don't like to talk. Maybe you just prefer to write. But get on Facebook and write. Get on Instagram and write. Use your voice. The only way we're gonna counter this kind of crap in the culture, and you're gonna hear from your coworkers and your family and friends, what about that Lancet study? When they didn't ever read the study, they just read the headline. You have to be ready to respond. You need to live by example, be the example. And if we all do that, then those studies become less and less relevant.
1: Disc of Light